All kinds of peeps. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Move down here a little bit, so some of the video stuff. And uh, as you can tell, we got getting ready for uh, VBS tomorrow. Praise God. Hallelujah. Our theme: diving deeper into God. Praise the Lord. I think that's a good good thing to do. Uh, look at your neighbor. So let's go a little deeper. Praise God. Amen. Got some things uh, stirring in my heart, and a lot of times it's. Uh, kind of nice to uh, take advantage of uh, everything that's going on and so uh, with these kind of messages. And today I want to talk about influencing our world, amen, and what it means to, uh, to do that and why, in a sense, why we do what we do, praise God. Um, I know we got a lot of folks gone. We got some of our rodeo Bible camp people gone. We got some folks on vacations and stuff. We even got a family or two that are in Mexico right now. What are they doing in Mexico? Having fun? And there's no Wednesday service because we got VBS. Okay, there you go. Now I got to start all over again? Why, because you do video. That's right. So he said, now I have to start all over. No, I ain't going to start over. Anyway, influencing our world. Praise God. Amen. What does that mean to influence our world? Praise God. So, uh, you know, uh, we're here to reach families, individuals, adults, kids. Come on. Inmates, whatever, you know, uh, hmm? outmates, inmates and outmates, that's, that's, that's a big, it's a big, uh, big task there, amen, and, uh, you know, we're here to somehow reach a community, somehow reach our region, and uh, we try to do anything we can to, to do that in any way that we can, uh, we can't do everything, but we try to do what we can do, and, uh, VBS is just kind of one of those things. Rodeo Bible Camp's one of those things. Uh, you know, when you got over 100 people showing up to Rodeo Bible Camp and 35 of them giving their heart to Jesus, that's a pretty good week. I say that's a pretty good week. Uh, last year uh, with our VBS and Rodeo Bible Camp, uh, within two weeks we reached over 100 kids. I mean, actually I should say 100 kids came to Jesus, amen, during that time. Amen. And so... Uh, Rodeo uh, Bible Camp is it's been going now for I think it was their 25th year, Amen. And we've probably been doing that same thing for about for VBS. It's probably been pretty close to that too. And so we've been doing it a lot of years. And so a lot of kids have come to Jesus because of it. And uh, personally, it's because we strive to be relevant. Are you hearing me? You know you can be relevant without compromising. Amen. So we decor a building like this, your stage gets tore apart and rebuilt into something different, you hang stuff like this in the ceilings, you build stuff on the wall, that means there's going to be screw holes in the wall and staples in the wall, and, and Phil's really going to get on me for that one, but that's how it works, amen, and the idea is we're going to do whatever we can show these kids that we believe in them and we do whatever it takes to bring everything, uh, make an atmosphere that's conducive for God to move and at the same time give some attention to detail, amen. And so um, back with that said, let's, uh, let's go to our opening verse. If you will, uh, let's go to, uh, let's see, what do I want to start with tonight? First uh, Corinthians, First Corinthians 9 is where we're going to go with today, First Corinthians 9. And it'll kind of swing me into where we got to do here today. 1 Corinthians 9, and we're going to go to verse, uh, verse 16 is where we'll start. 
Are you doing good today? All right, praise God. Verse 16 says, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. In other words, there's there's a purpose for it. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. In other words, I, I need, that's what I'm called to do. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward, but if against my will, I've been entrusted with a stewardship. Now, when he says against my will, it's not that he doesn't want to do it. It just means that regardless of what's going on, regardless of the pressure, regardless of who's in agreement, regardless of who's with you, who's supporting it, who's not supporting it, who's, who's getting behind it, who's not getting behind it, regardless of all it, regardless of the obstacles in the way, Amen, because sometimes there's obstacles. Sometimes not everybody's on board. Come on, somebody. And so it creates sometimes hurdles or creates some kind of, you know, obstacle here or there that tries to somehow, uh, you know, maybe steal your joy. Has anybody had their joy stolen? Hopefully you got it back. Amen. But uh, sometimes things happen that, you know, that sometimes doesn't make it all fun. Are you still with me? And this is what he's talking about, you know. Uh, He says, regardless, I'm going to preach the gospel, right? What is my reward then, verse 18, that when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. Amen. To the Jews, I've become a, a Jew that I might win Jews. In other words, I'm becoming relevant here. To those who are under the law as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. Verse 21, to those who are without law as without law. Not being, he clarifies that, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ. In other words, we're not, you know, even though it's relevant, we're not going to compromise. Amen. Even though it's pertinent, we're not going to be tolerant of, of something other than what's right. Amen. Are you still with me? To the, uh, verse 22, it says this, To the weak I become as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Praise God. Amen. So Paul just says, listen, I'm, I'm just willing to do whatever it takes, go by any means I can to somehow, somehow win people to Christ. Somehow make, make a difference. Amen. Somehow influence my world. Amen. The word influence, let's go ahead and define that before I dive into what, uh, you know, some more of this. But the word influence means the capacity or power to produce an effect on or in another. The capacity or power to produce an effect on or in another. It means to impact or to imprint. Amen. And that's what we're trying to do here. Okay, with Rodeo Bible Camp, you know, uh, there's a, you know, I'm, don't, don't ask me to get on a horse. The only horse I want to get on is a steel pony. That's it. Are you hearing me? And it's got a motor under it, and it makes a lot of noise. That's what I like. Uh, put me on one of those, I'm happy. Amen. You put me on one of those four-legged things, I am not happy. Are you hearing me? Now, that's for somebody else, the Rod Namies and the Dawn, and these people that like to do that, they can do that. Amen. And there's a lot of kids out there that enjoy that. Amen. It's, it's relevant to them. Amen. They enjoy rodeo. They enjoy uh, riding a horse and uh, riding a bronc or rustling some kind of cow or some kind of bull or whatever. Amen. Don't see the point in it, but hallelujah, they love it. Are you with me? That's all. That's the way it is. And so they enjoy it. So what we try to do is be relevant. Amen. 
without compromising the gospel message. So we get on a horse with them. Amen. Are you still with me? And that's what we do. And so as a result of it, it, it reaches them where they're at. Amen. And then, you know, you, you begin to pull kids toward the kingdom. Amen. And pretty soon they're giving their heart to Jesus. And the next thing you know, somehow or another, those 35 kids that came to Jesus this week, amen, somehow or another it's going to affect, uh, you know, their life in a way that as they grow, you know, whether they you go and they get married, they raise their own families, whatever it is, or they go home, take it back to their families, somehow or another we influence not only that 35 individuals, but everybody else that was there, and as they go home, hopefully it influences and impacts and imprints their whole families. That's what it's about. We change the building around. We literally, it's a lot of work. There's thousands of man hours that go into this stuff. Thousands of man hours. Okay, and it didn't just happen this last week. There was a lot of this stuff that was happening prior to that, off and on, all through the year. In fact, when we get done with this next week, the next week after that, we're already having a meeting on what we're doing on the next one. It's kind of how it works. And so we're going to have over a couple hundred kids. That's the way it's been for the last, I think, two, three years, I think. Over 200 kids coming in here, racing up and down your hallways, going into every department, everything they got going. It's high energy for three hours every morning, just ram, ba, 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 just goes and goes and goes. Why? It's about influence. It's about impacting, imprinting something in their life. Amen. So hopefully, uh, you know, again, that we can, uh, you know, touch some lives. As it was, I like said, last year, I think, between the two events, we had over 100 salvations. And so we're believing for more than that even this year. Amen. And a lot of it wasn't just, uh, there's a, you know, we have, of course, some of our own kids that come to this, uh, but we have a, a many other churches are usually represented. I mean, we've had as many as 20 churches represented uh, with our VBS, and always it's inevitable, the ha- a, big, a big old handful of, of those that don't even have a church affiliation. There, and many of them ain't even saved. I mean, as far as, you know, the uh, people outside. So there's just all kinds of, uh, uh, people that we reach, and if you can if you can touch their life in a way that you know, even though they're young, even though they're small, they go home and it affects their their family. Still with me? It's about influence. We have a, a couple teams that go in every week into the prison, and we've got multiple classes. We do chapel services. We have a couple hundred men, or close to a couple hundred different men that we reach every week. Okay, which is, uh, I don't know what the, what the uh, uh, population is in that. Uh, it's, what is it about, was it, Scott, about 1,000 or what do they have in there? About 1,000 then, something like that, 900 and some or something men in there. So we're, we're reaching uh, nearly 20% somehow influencing in some way or another, influencing these men to make a difference. And hopefully uh, it makes a difference not only in them, but, amen, when they get out or whether talking on the phone or, or mailing back and forth with family members, that it makes a difference in their families. Amen. Are you still with me? Uh, we have, uh, you know, our nursing home ministry. And we've had people, literally, we've had, uh, what, our oldest one I remember is ni- 95 years old that came to Christ. Is that right? That 90-some, uh, 95 or some years old came to Jesus. Well, praise the Lord. That's close. That's cutting it real tight. But, uh, you know, we'll take them any way they can. Amen. 
Uh, you know, so, you know, it's, it's about influence. It's about helping lives. They, uh, just this last year, uh, a young man, I think he was in his 40s, I believe is right, and they prayed for him. He was in there due to a stroke that he had. And so they didn't know what to do with him, so they took him in. And so now he's in the nursing home. And, and so they ministered to him and prayed over him. And the anointing of God come on our gals as they were praying for him. The next thing they go, they walk in there the next uh, time in, which is a week later, a couple weeks later, and he's gone. They say, why? Well, he got delivered. He got healed somehow. And I wonder how that happened. Wow. I wonder how that happened. Uh, anyway, the point is, it's about influence. Everybody say influence. And Paul was, you know, making it clear. He said, I don't, you know, I'll take whatever means I can. I'll do whatever I, I have to do to, to, make, to make a difference, you know. It's about, it's about influence. Now, for whatever it's worth, Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's about serving. It's about helping. And um, that's why I said earlier, sometimes, you know, when you get to helping and doing things, uh, there's opportunities to, um, to not be happy. There's opportunities that there's pressures because we're, you know, we're rubbing elbows and working alongside one another. And for the most part, you know, we all just totally love each other and it's all great. But sometimes somebody gets ornery. And sometimes something gets said or something gets done. And, and so there's just, you know, there's times that, you know, sometimes the enemy wants to try to magnify things and get involved and mess things up. And it happens. And, and that's just the way it is because uh, we're in the people business. And people are people, and we all have feelings, and we all have emotions, and come on, somebody, and we all have preference, and we all have, you know, things we enjoy and things we don't enjoy, and, and uh, ideas. We all have our own ideas. That could be challenging. Opinions. Come on, somebody. The, the point is, is that, you know, even regardless of all that, we're still called to serve. We're still called to help. We're still called to roll up our sleeves and be a difference maker. We're difference makers. We're called to influence our world. Amen. We're community changers, suburb swayers. Amen. Atmosphere adjusters, praise God. Amen. Are you with me? That's what we do. We, we make a difference everywhere we go. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, go go uh, put a, the book of Acts 13. Put that up there, if you will. Acts 13 and 36. And uh, anytime I start talking about influence, this, this always blesses me when I think about David, King David. And in chapter 13 of Acts, uh, the, the word says this, that David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep and was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. In other words, so he died and went. Okay, but the beginning of this verse, he makes it clear that David served his own generation. Everybody say his own generation. Uh, he served his own generation. Now, this, this word here means uh, the word own uh, generation. He's referring to his, his personal or jointly. In other words, something he's connected with, his own generation. Now, he served his own generation by the will of God. It was the will of God to do that. David understood that and made a decision to serve his own generation. Now, I don't know if you know this, you know, whether or not this is... Um, this is the last generation or not. We don't know that. You know, I think every generation, we all, you know, hope that maybe this is the one and we're all going to go home. And, uh, but we don't know that. Okay, this, this isn't, this, we, we don't know whether this is the last generation or not, but you have to understand this is your last generation. And we're all called 
to make a difference in our generation. Somehow serve uh, in a capacity that makes a difference and influences our world around us, praise God. And it's, and it's by the will of God. Now, uh, earlier in this chapter, I don't know, like verse 22 or something like that. I don't know if I gave you that one. I did. Okay. It says here that when he had removed him, talking about uh, uh, Saul here, he raised up for them David as king, uh, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Look at this. Why? Well, who will do all my will? Now, David wasn't, didn't do everything perfect. I mean, I think most of us know that uh, David wasn't always this a prized pupil. Come on, somebody. Come on. Uh, you know, he wasn't always a blue ribbon sheep. Come on, somebody. Sometimes he, he did something, he, you know, some things he shouldn't have done, but, but uh, there were certain things he did do right. I loved his passion. Come on, I loved his love for God. I loved uh, the fact that he, he knew he could always run to God. That was good. That was a good, good thing. But one of the things that that made it, uh, him stand out to the Father was a man because he was willing to do all God's will. He was willing to follow God and, and, and put God first place in some things. And one of those things was, because later in this chapter, then it says, amen, was he's willing to serve his own generation. Now, you know, that's, that's pretty big. First um, Samuel, put that up there. First Samuel uh, chapter 17, let's put that up there. Um, this is David now talking to his brother. Uh, what's happening in context is um, he's, you know, the, the giant is in the background running his mouth. And, uh, you know, the two armies have been in an array with each other. And, and this, this giant comes out mornings and comes out in the evenings and starts bad-mouthing the, uh, the, the army of God. And, and uh, you know, just basically just, just being a pest. And uh, so anyway, uh, David hears it gets a chance to hear what's going on. So he can kind of like figures, you know, something needs to be done with this guy. Somebody needs to shut him up. Somebody needs to put this guy down. And uh, so he found out that, you know, the person that does this, there's all kinds of great things, a lot of great rewards and great things that are going to happen for the guy that does it. So he, st- he starts taking a personal interest in anything. Well, hey, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll do this. Now, he's just a young teenager. And so he's going around and he's talking about, you know, let's, let's put this guy out. Let's take him out, you know. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do it or whatever, you know. So his brother gets mad at him because, you know, enthusiasm a lot of times will invite, you know, envy and invite criticism. And come on, somebody. It just does. Um, it just, it's a point because sometimes, you know, you get going along and, and you do things like this and, and you kind of go the extra mile and people kind of wonder, what's the point? What do you do all this for? Well, there's a reason. Is there not a cause? His brother, you know, trying to ball him out, just get out of here, go back home and get away from us. We're all here having a fight or war here going on. Leave us alone. He says, well, you guys ain't doing anything. So he says, have I, you know, what have I done now? And he says, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Somebody needs to shut this giant up. Somebody, you know, let's make a difference here. Let's stop just letting the enemy run his mouth. Let's stop letting the enemy just... Uh, take advantage of people. You know, it's, it's, it's quite a generation that we're, we're in right now. And there's a lot pulling on, on this generation. And a lot of it ain't good. And we can either bury our head in the sand and, you know, maybe we could, you know, maybe we could, uh, you know, just not do these kind of things. You know, we'd have more time at home to watch television. We could have more time at home to maybe ride the Harley. Yeah. 
We have more time at home to ride the horse. More time at home to, you know, hang out in the boat. Whatever. Maybe you like mowing at home on the, on the moor. Okay, whatever. Anyway, whatever you like riding. Anyway, the point is we, we could all, you know, have other things to do. So sometimes it's like, what's the point? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Put First uh, Samuel in, is it like 22, I think it was? And um, this is the same, this is David, okay? This is after now the giant's been taken out and they're singing songs about David and, and uh, now Saul's all jealous and mad and wants to kill him. So David, you know, is kind of just staying clear of, of, of Saul and finds a place to hang out and it's called the Cave of Adullam. Now, Adullam means, in Hebrew, it means the place of insignificance, literally. So he's hanging out in a place of insignificance. And then a whole bunch of other people showed up. A whole bunch of them. It said, and it was everyone who was in distress, everyone in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. Sounds familiar. Anyway, so he became captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. That means they had all kinds of issues. So he could have said, you know, leave me alone. I've got enough issues, enough problems. I've got a man that's, you know, trying to kill me. And the last thing I need to do is be babysitting. But that ain't how he looked at it. He just saw a need and said, you know what? I think I need to help. There's something I can do here. Somehow I can influence. Somehow I can make a difference. And I, I feel like that's, that's, that's where we're at. I feel like that no matter what's going on, how much bad's out there, amen, people need help. Come on, somebody. People need answers. People need encouragement. People need, uh, need, need a connection. People need, amen, they need more of God in their life. Whatever, praise God. So, I mean, we, we make a decision. Let's, let's, let's do something about it then. Now, what David did with this 400 men here, now, obviously, there are more. These were just the 400 men, so we don't know how many, how many of them brought their families. We don't know totally how many are there total, but 400 men. Now, out of the 400 men, the Scripture says he made uh, his mighty men out of this group. Now, the mighty men uh, became men that were feared by every army. Every army out there wanted David and his group on their side, not against them, okay? And so, obviously, David knew what to do with those that were in distress, in debt, and discontented. Come on, somebody, and made a difference. Why? He He served his own generation by the will of God. He made a difference. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, let's make a difference. Praise God. Amen. Put 1 Peter 2 on the board, please. And let's just kind of cruise through some of these. Amen. 1 Peter 2 says this, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out. Everybody say, called you out. Who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Isn't that what happened to you? Did you get called out of darkness? I got called out of the darkness, amen, and into his marvelous light, verse 10. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, amen. 
Amen. At one time you, were, you didn't have God, right? Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Amen. Come on now. Verse 11. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Verse 12. Here we go. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. Among the Gentiles. Why? Because there's purpose here. You think Gentiles? Who cares what the Gentiles think? Well, the word Gentile means he, without, he who is without God. That's what it means. So he says that, listen, the reason that we, uh, you know, we try to keep our lives in check is because it's about influencing a world. We don't just keep ourselves in check because, bless God, God said, straighten up. It's about, it's about be, being a difference maker. That our conduct would be honorable even among the, those without God. That when they speak against you as an evildoer, they may by your good works, by your actions, which they observe, everybody say observe, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. That word, I uh, should look that up, because that word visitation um, means inspection, the day of inspection. You think, what? Because you're being inspected every day. Amen. Not just by, you know, other Christians. You're being inspected by the world. Are you with me? And, uh, uh, you know, we've said this many times, but it's worthy of repeating. Uh, your life, your, your, your life in God, your relationship with God, I mean, it's a personal thing. It is. It's, you know, how we serve God and commune with God and fellowship with God. It's personal, isn't it? But it's never private. There is nothing about your walking God that's private, really. Because it's out there for everybody to see. And because that's the way it's designed to work. And I've had people say, well, I wish people would stop looking at me. You know, or stop judging me. Yeah, there's no, stop judging me. Well, you know, it, it ain't going to happen. I mean, they're going to all look and they're all watching and they're all, you know, they're all weighing you out. Come on, somebody. And, and uh, whether it's good or right or whether they should, you know, do it or not is irrelevant. They're still doing it. They're looking at you and trying to weigh you out. And so here's the way I look at it. You know, you're never going to get beyond that. You're never going to get past that. It's always going to be there. Come on, somebody. So why not just give them something good to look at? Uh, so, I mean, if they're going to, if they're going to, you know, if they're going to judge you anyway, give them something, amen, give them something to look at, praise God, that's worthy of making a difference or somehow or another influencing their life because that's what it's about. Amen. Don't be looking for, you know, a way to get away with something. Get yourself, you know, you know get your life in check and get out there where they can see you. Okay, that went over like a lead balloon or a blue octopus. For those that are listening, there's our decor in here. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, uh, we all came out of darkness. If that uh, first verse there, let's, uh, was it verse 9 again? Uh, shoot that back up there. Um, it says that we were all called out of the dark, right? Right? Uh, put Ephesians now. Let's, let's run that. Ephesians 2 and 11. Put that up, please. Hallelujah. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh. Remember, you were once a Gentile. Huh? Who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made 
in the flesh by hands. In other words, you are part of the uncircumcised, but now you're part of the circumcised. Amen. Just anyway, another way of looking at it. But at, at the time, you were without Christ, right? At one time, you were without Christ. Did somebody influence you? Did somebody say something that made a difference in you? You know, I had some people that, that said some things to me that made a difference in my life. Amen. Uh, there were some ministers that did, even before I made Jesus Lord of my life, some ministers that said some things that affected my life. It's, it, 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 it said some, I remember even one time, uh, one time being out at Trudy's house when it's before we were married, of course, and, this, and I was out there helping her folks do something. And, and I just remember I uh, went into the house or something. We were in the house for a minute or something, and we're getting ready to head back out, and, and somehow uh, Billy Graham was on, was on television in there. I remember, I remember just, you know, walked in. I, I, think I, I, went in, I think I went in to go to the bathroom, I think is what it was. And somehow I was walking back out and I heard something said. And about five or ten minutes later, I'm still standing here. And it, it affected me, right? I remember sitting in a meeting with Andrew Walmack and talking about the love of God. I'll forever remember that. In fact, I have those cassettes. <laughs> Amen. It, it actually is what, it's what shaped, my, it shaped my doctrine from the get-go. I remember sitting in a meeting. Now, this, by this time, I had come to Christ. Uh, uh, I remember sitting in a meeting uh, with Jerry Seville. And uh, remember him talking, just all he, he felt in his heart at that meeting, he was just sharing his testimony, how God, you, how God transformed him and how connected him and, and grew him up and all that kind of stuff. And I remember just being wrapped. In fact, I was, I was out of jail uh, the day before, went to a Jerry Seville meeting the day uh, after, and they asked if I would help be an usher, and I thought, Woo! I get an ush! I thought it was great. I thought, I, I thought I'd gone to heaven. They were going to let me ush. I remember that. And so he's preaching about it. And, man, he was funny. And I thought, man, my, all I remember is the whole time thinking, I can do this. I want to do that. That's what I want to do. I want to preach. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, but who's going to listen to me? <laughs> Amen. I remember the first time uh, when he was doing a prayer line and, and he decided he, this particular uh, place he was at, we were actually in a, an old theater. And so it's, a, you know, the whole, you know, how they're sloped down and all the seats. And so all the people stood up and he made them all get uh, down the aisles and, and along the back walls. And, and he just wanted to go along and just pray for people. And he said, he said, give me an usher, and I, <laughs> I'm ushering, amen. So he just stand right here, and I remember that, so he had one guy on each side of him, and I'm, I'm ushering. <laughs> Literally, as he's praying for people, amen, anybody that falls will catch him, praise God, hallelujah. And I, I got to see my first person, the first person I got to see get delivered. Now I'm hooked. <laughs> I mean, he's praying for people, and, and this lady starts going, rah, 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 and I'm thinking. <laughs> I was like, something wrong with that girl. 
<laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, let's keep moving, amen. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, Jerry stops. He looks back at her. And I go, oh, yeah, I could just see it in his eyes. I'm like, that girl's going to get it. <laughs> he goes right back, praise God. Gets her delivered, praise God. She gets up well and whole, praise the Lord. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. That's what I want to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse, uh, let's see the next verse, praise God. Now in Christ, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Amen. Somebody influenced my life. It made a difference. I come into the kingdom. And I'm thinking to myself, isn't that kind of what it's about? We're called to do the same thing. Because there are people in the dark that need the light. Give me uh, the book of Acts, chapter 26. Is it like verse 18? Thank you. <clears throat> this is Paul um, relay, uh, uh, repeating what Jesus had said to him when after this road to Damascus experience, God basically telling him his purpose. And so he's relaying it now. And to me, I thought, man, if, if there's a verse that says what we're about, this is what we're about. This was the words of Jesus. He said, to open their eyes, that's what we're about. We're here to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may uh, receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me, Jesus said. That's what, what it's about. So it's about influencing people to bring them out of the dark so we can get the lights on. Amen. Uh, you know, I like it when the lights come on. Come on, somebody. Amen. And sometimes, you know, when the lights come on, all the bats fly out of the belfry. Come on, somebody. And the cockroaches run. And Right? Right? I mean, you got a little bit of that goes on. Uh, but once the lights come on, the idea is that we can see, see some things more clearly. Come on now. And when you come to Christ, that's exactly what happens. You come out of the dark. And, and as that uh, reference said earlier, He called you out of the dark, amen, and brought you into the light. Why? So that you could do the same thing with others. Call them out of the dark. Bring them into the light, praise God. And that's what we're, what we're about, praise God. Put Mark 16 up there, uh, the Great Commission. Um, hallelujah. Now, the word commission, by the way, this is how, what we refer to it as the Great Commission. The word commission means uh, given a charge, uh, an assign, uh, have been assigned an order, or entrusted with a mandate. Okay, so this is the Great Commission. You, you've been entrusted with a mandate. He said to them, to, talking to his 12 disciples here, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. Hallelujah. He who believes, any believers in the house? Yeah. All right, now he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So I, I, I recommend be saved. Amen. And these signs will follow those who believe. Any believers in the house? Yeah. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Uh, they will take up serpents. Even if they drink anything deadly, it by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. In other words, there are signs followed. There are signs and miracles and things that happen, right? Verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, He was received up into heaven. This is the ascension. And sat down at the right hand of God. Verse 20. All right, here we go. This is where we are. And they went out, preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. Amen. 
So in other words, amen, God is still working, but He's working through you and me. Come on, somebody. As believers who have signs following. What's the purpose of all them signs? Just to, you know, make you feel better so you can, you know, watch television without pain? Come on now. It's, it's, about, it's about, you know, about influencing. It's about making a change in people's lives. It's about bringing them into Christ. It's about, it's about bringing them into kingdom. It's about growing them up. It's about maturing people. It's about, amen, it's about a sign and a wonder in order to somehow, uh, you know, Hook an individual, amen, and see the importance of coming into the kingdom, receiving Christ. Are you still with me? Yes. Signs and wonders. It's all about influence. Amen. And God wants to work through you and me to do that. That's good news. Okay, give me Matthew's account. Matthew 28. Put that up there. That's, uh, we, we'll look at that. Because here's Matthew's account of this. Uh, Matthew 28, and I think it's like verse 18. Thank you very much. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me. Now, that word authority is the word exousia which means, uh, you know, um, uh, more of, uh, you know, well, jurisdiction, right. That's a good word for it. Amen. So giving you jurisdiction. Amen. Uh, so all authority has been given unto me, both in heaven and in earth. Verse 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, or Holy Spirit. Verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, again, it's just a, another thing how Matthew uh, heard, heard that and how he recorded it, praise God. The whole bottom line is this. It's about influence, about making a difference. It's about going out there and somehow affecting the lives of another through signs, through wonders, amen, walking with some authority and dominion, praise God, where you're going out there, amen, not so you can try to impress everybody, but for the sake of, you know, somehow bringing them out of the dark, Bringing them into the light. Amen. Signs, wonders, and miracles. That's a good thing. Amen. I like signs, wonders, and miracles. Anybody else? All right. Praise the Lord. Let's, uh, let's do this. Let's go to Matthew 5 now. Put Matthew 5 and 13. I know we skipped a bunch there, but that's all right. Matthew 5 and 13. Everybody say influence. All right. You are the salt. You're the seasoning. You're the salt. You're the salt of the earth. It's Jesus talking. He's talking to his, his people. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, in other words, or its purpose, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Now, I don't know if you know this, but old salt, you know, you know, you know it sometimes is used as a, a ground sterilizer. And, uh, but you're not designed to be ground sterilizer. In other words, you don't just take up a seat and do nothing. Come on, somebody. Anyway, I'll leave that alone. But anyway, but you're not, you're not ground sterilizers. You're, you bring seasoning. You influence, okay? And then he says, you're the light of the world. You're an influencer. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. In other words, don't lose your purpose, right? Come on now, verse 15. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Now, just stay right there. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. In other words, that's not the purpose of the light. The purpose of the light is to be on a lampstand 
So it gives light to all who are in the house. Is that right? We, we okay with that? So it's purpose. All right. Verse 16 now. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So the light's supposed to shine. Why? Because others are supposed to see it. And if it's done right, it brings glory to God. Amen. Now you notice it says, they will see your good works. Now this is Jesus talking to them. He said, they're going to see your good works. In other words, your light shines in a way that they're going to see a difference in you. Amen. That brings them out of the dark and into the light. Come on, somebody. And what the, what's going to happen is God gets glory for it. Amen? That's how it works. So everything that we do in any kind of outreach, and I'm sure I didn't mention them all. We got, you know, uh, hands up ministry, you know, about reaching people that most people may forget about. Uh, we do uh, even road crews. Okay, some say, well, that's just picking up garbage. Our names are on all four gates into this city. And it's about influence. Amen. It's not just about picking up garbage. Come on, somebody. But we do that, not just so we can say we have a pretty, a pretty town. Come on, somebody. But it's about influence. It's about, it's about somehow or another getting, you know, your name, your influence somehow out there that somehow or another, amen, is going to make a difference. Come on. Now, for whatever it's worth, um, there are certain things not allowed in this community. I believe it's because we have the gates and we pray stuff out. Come on, somebody. And, uh, now, you know, you can think whatever you want, but um, I believe that our prayers avail much. And so when we're praying for our community, amen, we've uh, made a decision uh, to take hold of the gates Amen. And do our part, all because we're here to try to influence. Amen. So my point with all of this is everything that we do, we try to do it for influence. We do a video ministry. I praise God for those that take care of a video. And it's, it's sometimes a, a lot of work and, and stuff. But we do that. And uh, Micah kind of gave me some numbers here. You know, we are right now with our video, we're over 9,000 people watch per message in our videos. In our podcast, which is our audio ministry, um, we have over 132,000 per message listening to it in 72 countries. Okay, now just, it's all, and, and sometimes that stuff, it, is, it isn't always easy doing all that. Um, that takes time, energy, and effort. Um, it takes money. Come on, somebody. Um, but you do these things somehow so you can influence. Somehow you can make a difference. Now, just, just, okay, I just thought this is, you know, this is what I'd asked my daughter to do, to give me some numbers here. Um, and um, I wanted to know how many in Central Oregon, because uh, especially in our video, well, actually in both podcasts and video, we actually, we actually, they, would they pull up their username? Is that what they call it? Did I say it right? My daughter, she's in here. Okay, anyway, but uh, so we, we, these are how many we've reached, just in Central Oregon, just in Central Oregon, there's nearly 4,000 that, that, that we're involved with in, in our Vimeo just in Central Oregon. 
don't see 4,000 in here. But somehow or another, we've got a lot of folks listening in and watching in. In our podcast, now this, this is how many different usernames have been uh, in our podcast. And if I'm saying it wrong, I apologize. I'm not one of the, I, you, you know real quick how ignorant I am on certain things, amen. And, uh, but uh, there's almost 8,000 in Central Oregon who have, have been, that have listened in on our podcasts. In Central Oregon. Now, on a consistent basis, it's like, it's like uh, uh, I don't know, about 1,500 per message that every, every week there's some that are very consistent uh, every week and every message kind of. So I'm just saying that that's just, and these are just, why do you do all these things? Why do you put the time into this? Why do you, uh, you know, have people doing that? Have people doing, because it's about influence. And we'll just do what we can to somehow influence people. Not because we're, we're better or we're uh, whatever. You know, it isn't about some arrogant trip we're on. It's just, it's about somehow or another owning our own generation. This is how we do it. And we'll try it in any way we can. This is why we do what we do, why we spend the money we do and put in the man hours we do, because it is a lot of work. And... Um, you know, we have people that are just pour their guts into it. And we have some that just help when they can, and that, we're, we're grateful for everything. Every bit of help anybody does, any bit of support anybody gives. We're grateful for all of it. But why do we do what we do? Because it's about influence. And somehow or another, you change a life, and you bring them out of the dark into the light, from the grip of the, you know, the enemy to God. Come on, somebody. Bring them into their rightful inheritance and who they are and what they have in Christ. This is what we do. And this is why we do it. Amen. And how we do it is with help from people like you. And I know we got a big, big group gone today that are all involved doing things. And, uh, but we praise God for uh, all those that, uh, that call Word of Victory their home church. And everything that we do, every outreach we do, everything that we, uh, you know, we, we put our hands out there to do, you're a part of all that. I thought I'd have some enthusiasm on that one, but, you know, I just, you know, uh, you know, but you all get to be a part of that. You may not be the one going here or going there, but, but just by you being involved and helping when you can and supporting it, praise God, that's how it works. And so my hat goes off to all of you. Amen. I don't have a hat on, but I would have pulled it off. I would have. Amen. Hallelujah. But I appreciate, amen, the people here at Word of Victory, your willingness to serve, to make a difference, your willingness to support it. Amen. And for that, I give God all the praise. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Come on, somebody. Amen. Watch you all stand up. Praise God. Amen. God is good. Hallelujah. All right. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. We thank you for, for this people. We thank you for this church. We thank you, Lord God. This is our house. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the, the, the house that you've called us to. Praise God. And I appreciate their willingness to get behind it and be a part of it, their willingness to reach out, to reach beyond themselves. 
to connect with things even bigger than themselves. We thank you for all the souls and lives that have been touched over the years. Father, we thank you for the, those uh, souls just as last week, 35 of them. We give you praise for every one of them, amen, that have been touched by you and all the families that have been affected by that. And by faith, we give you praise, amen, for all the souls that will be saved this coming week, amen. We give you thanks for that. Now, Father, I'm thankful for every person in here today, and hallelujah. And I thank you, Lord, that, uh, you know, that they're looking to you, leaning on you, and trusting in you. And I thank you, Lord, for meeting every need, showing yourself strong, and doing a glorious thing, hallelujah, in their life, their families, hallelujah, their place of employment, their work, their company, whatever, wherever they're at in that. And I give you praise that through them, amen, you're making a difference everywhere they go. Hallelujah. Be in the light, be in the salt, be in the difference maker, the community changer, the suburb swear, atmosphere adjuster, praise God, environment influencer, everywhere, everywhere they go, they make a difference. And Father, thank you for that. I call them blessed. I call them empowered. And I thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.